Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Yo, what is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joy Christopoulos, and today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Now, look, you might not be at the game this year, but the NFL is back, and it is in full swing, and you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline.ag. And from game spreads and totals, their live betting app, team, player, coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. And sign up today, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, we've had a little bit of a rest, a recuperation. Now it's Bears-Saints week eight on the lakefront. It's going to be 38 degrees outside. How are you feeling? Let's get it on. Well, I'm probably feeling a little bit better about 38 degrees than Drew Brees's. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and throw that out there. Maybe that's to the Bears' advantage. I'm a little nervous, and uh, I've been nervous a lot this this season. You probably hear me say that a lot on this podcast, and and we've mentioned it a couple of times. This is a tough, tough, tough stretch uh, for this Bears team, and we're hitting the middle of the schedule. This is kind of the time where you want to see this team play in some of their best football as we start to turn the corner and head towards that uh, that back half the season. Obviously, coming off of this loss, it's a big opportunity. Hopefully, the Bears can rebound. It just feels like we've had some days to sort of step back from the game and recharge a little bit, but the stink of the performance of the Rams still kind of lingers in the air for me personally, and maybe that's why you're also feeling nervous and a little anxious about this game. Cam, I just think we're going to cut right to it this week. We're not going to do a Cam's highlight. I'm throwing that game in the trash, <laughs> and I think we really just need to focus on how we're going to be able to beat a New Orleans Saints team. First of all, a little business. Let's just talk about injuries very quickly. On the Saints side of the ball, does not look like they're going to have Emmanuel Sanders. Michael Thomas surprised a lot of people today by practicing in a limited fashion. He's been dealing with a high ankle sprain and most recently a hamstring. I guess we can call him questionable possibly for Sunday. That could be a real game changer for the Saints. On the Bears side of the ball, Cody Whitehair, who left the game last week, did not return with a calf injury. He did not practice again today. We'll see what happens with that, but it does not look like it's trending in a good direction for Cody to play on Sunday. And, oh, yeah, by the way, our best receiver on the team, our only true offensive threat right now, Allen Robinson, is still in concussion protocol, did not practice today. Obviously, he has to go through those steps in that process. But, again, a guy that I do not think is trending towards playing on Sunday, Cordero Patterson didn't practice. I feel more likely that he will suit up. We might see Lamar Miller this week. It's going to be an undermanned Bears team against the New Orleans Saints team that has a fantastic coach, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and a team that's looking to take a step forward in the NFC South. I think it's fair to be nervous, Cameron. And let's just start with, you know, this Saints offense. Let's just say they don't have Michael Thomas, and it is 38 degrees outside. There is a possibility that the Bears defense could contain an older Drew Brees and just a singular one-dimensional Alvin Kamara. I don't think there's such a thing as a one-dimensional Alvin Kamara. Well, no, that's but, true. I just mean like just the dimension of we just go to Alvin Kamara on offense, and that's pretty much what we do. And by by running it or throwing it, it's Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara. Hey, at least hey, I would rather have one dimension offensively than zero dimensions. <laughs> no, uh, this this uh, the Saints offense. They you know if they do happen to be without Sanders and without Michael Thomas and Marquez Callaway, who's probably a player that a lot of bears fans don't know a ton about. Um, you know, he's a, he was practiced in a limited fashion today, but if they don't have all those weapons, 
then uh, you know this the Saints team could be a little bit limited, and it could be something that holds them back. They have also had some offensive line injuries, despite it being one of the better offensive lines in the league. Uh, they've got some injuries, not a ton, but they're at important positions. So, uh, you know, that is something to look out for. But I think the really the really important things to to look at here is they're going to have a healthy Kamara, who is always scary, uh, no matter who he's going against. They're going to have Drew Brees, who may not have the the arm that he used to have, but is still a a um, excellent quarterback and a tremendous um, guy at managing games, and making sure that everything is running smoothly. He's still a quarterback that I don't love facing, um, and I think a big thing to to account for whenever you play the Saints is is that coaching staff and schematically speaking. Um, you know, just Sean Payton is what he can do and scheme up uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So. You know, even if there's a lot of stuff that kind of trends maybe in the Bears' favor, I don't think it's anything that we uh, that we look at and just kind of gloss over and say, "Oh yeah, that's that's for sure." Uh, chalk that one up for the Bears. There's always going to be stuff that we need to account for, and and this is a very dangerous Saints team, regardless of of who ends up uh, suiting up on Sunday. In the same way that Reynolds on the Rams beat up on the Bears at times last week. You know, they still have Traquan Smith, and that's a guy who's, what, second or third on the depth chart that can still go out and make some plays. Still looking at Jared Cook as well. He can be a red zone threat. He can give the linebackers a little bit of a problem. On the offensive side of the ball for the Bears, instead of just talking about (laughs) that train wreck of an offense that we have currently right now, the Saints defense, in my opinion, isn't exactly playing its best football right now. They've been excellent against the run this season, but just looking it up, every single quarterback that they have faced this season has thrown at least two touchdowns against them. And I'm looking at the tight end position. They've already given up, I think six or seven touchdowns to the tight end position this season, wide receivers. It's been a little bit of a mixed bag, but they have been able to get beat in that area. Can we at least say Cameron that this is probably the best matchup on paper defensively since the Falcons game, the Panthers game. I mean, the Buccaneers, I think they had an advantage on defense. The Rams definitely had an advantage on defense and the Panthers were bad at the run game, but were pretty decent in the secondary. What do you see from this saints defense? I think that this, the saints defense kind of puts us in an interesting uh, position because much like the Falcons or uh, much like the Panthers, who we were just talking about, who didn't have a stellar run offense. And we thought, Hey, or run defense, maybe there's an opportunity for us to, to get the ground game going there. Um, but there really was no <laughs> ground game. Um, and now we're looking at this and we're thinking, Hey, maybe the, maybe the bears can, can throw the ball against this group, but there's not really so much of a passing attack. So it's uh, it's kind of an interesting position. You know, this, uh, this front seven for the saints is very good against the run. So let's just go ahead and say, like we've been saying, go ahead and toss that running game out. That's probably not going to be there. Um, but this group has not been super effective in, in their pass rush. They haven't been great at putting pressure on quarterbacks. And for whatever reason, despite having kind of a star-studded defensive backfield, they give up lots of yards. They give up lots of touchdowns. So, you know, I think it's kind of time for, you know, Nick Foles to, to maybe have one of those days that we're kind of, you know, all really hoping for as Bears fans and saying, hey, this is the guy that we're, that we're paying and this is the guy that took the job and this is the guy that we're leaning on moving forward. Um, it's kind of now it's kind of like a put up or shut up kind of thing. You know, uh, this is, this is a defensive backfield that is vulnerable and susceptible and now or never, I guess. I mean, cause if they're going to get, be able to, to protect them because this defensive line has not been a great rush, if they can throw up their protection and they can throw, uh, go through full progressions and throw the ball downfield, they should be able to attack this defense. 
and I'm going to say this in a hopeful and optimistic way that I'm hoping that Nick Foles is a, is just a matchup based quarterback. When he plays a tough defense, it's going to have a hard time, especially in the mode and the progress that this offense has under Nick Foles right now. It just, you're not seeing it right now. So when it's against a tough defense, he's going to have a hard time, but I would like to think and hope the veteran quarterback, when the matchup does seem to be a little bit more middle of the road, maybe a slight edge towards the bears in terms of a favorability that Nick Foles can just play better football out there. And we have had a tough stretch. I think playing some really talented defenses, some really talented defensive fronts, especially with this offensive line we've been talking about. And maybe this matchup can maybe give us a little bit of space this week. And Cameron, I think bears fans, they just want to get right to it, man. We got to get to cams keys, cams keys to success for a bears win in week eight. The Bears fans are dying to know, how are we going to do it? How are we going to pull out a victory on the leg front? How are we going to get back in the win column? So let's hear your first key to week eight. The first one I kind of alluded to in the previous uh, segment when I was referring to that defense for the Saints, they're vulnerable in the secondary. And, you know, Nick Foles, we say you're here to, to throw the ball downfield to make good reads and to make big throws. And so I say that we got to be able to take advantage of susceptible secondary and hit our big shot plays. We haven't seen the shot plays. They, they haven't come. The Bears are still the only team in the league that hasn't thrown the ball and completed a pass over 40 yards. They got a 38-yard uh, to Cole Komet. Um, they got a 42-yarder from Allen Robinson uh, in those final moments. So they You're right. Won. Okay, my, my fault. My 42. Fault. My fault. The 42, my bad. But – Regardless, it's not something that we're seeing a lot of. It's not something that we're seeing a lot of, and we need to continue to to press the ball downfield, to press the issue, and get some of these players and weapons out out in space. I want to see Darnell Mooney downfield. I want to see Anthony Miller reemerge. I want to see if Allen Robinson is out there making plays. I want to see more Cole Komet. Please give me more Cole Komet. These are the things that we're asking for. This is the defense that, for whatever reason, you should be able to do that against. I think that's the first key is taking some shots downfield and hitting on those big plays. Those downfield shots have been cold all season long. It truly just doesn't matter who it is outside of maybe a couple of shots, you know, to the sideline pylon with Anthony Miller to win some football games. We haven't hit any big time over the top throws all season long. So you're kind of hoping that maybe the season balances itself out there. There still are professionals. You're going to miss some throws, but you got to make some eventually too as well. My second key, and I want to talk to you about this because personally, it's one of my least favorite play calls of any offense at any point in any game, but it's something that I think that the Bears need to do. And my first key, I'm just going to call it the draw play. Now, say, tell me I'm wrong, but for me right now with an offensive line that is having a hard time getting a push in the running game, I think we both can agree right now. I'm ditching the running game if I'm the Bears. Truly, like, let's just go shotgun. Let's go spread out. Montgomery can sit next to Foles. And if we want to do, like, a quick pitch uh, quick pitch toss, we can do a little bit of that and hopefully get Montgomery ahead of steam and break some tackles. Or I would love to see a draw play. I don't think we've seen a whole lot of that this season. And if these offensive linemen are going to get pushed back and if the corners are going to get sucked in in, what, 2.4 seconds, why don't we just try and see if we can sneak one past and maybe see, because I just think we're going to be uh, throwing the ball a whole lot. And if we're not going to be running it right up the gut, if we are going to at least try and do that, maybe we can do it with the draw play. I hate running that play in Madden. I almost hate seeing it in games. Am I on to something, Cameron? Is Have you seen a lot of that this season? Because I certainly haven't from the Bears offense. No, we haven't seen a whole lot of the draw. So, yeah, go ahead and sneak one in there. Now's the time. The draw works most effectively against teams that are um, – really aggressive pass rushers teams that want to get to the quarterback and want to get home. Um, so, you know, this, this group, 
against uh, against the Saints front. It might be a good group to tr- to try and and bust that out there. You know, they have been great against the traditional run. Maybe sneak something like a like a draw or a screen or something in there. It might be able to to catch them uh, sleeping or out of position there. So yeah, let's hell man right now. Let's whatever it takes. Let's try it all. We could yeah. run the speed option. We could run the speed option. I don't care. Just just give me something. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying run it eight times in the game. I'm just saying maybe once or twice you can figure out a situation where you can get some positive yards in the running game by just running a draw play and seeing if you can kind of create some space in that little second level where Nick Foles likes to play, where we like to do our quick little slants and our quick little sit downs, and then hopefully maybe work our way towards, oh, what did you call it? The the 40-yard pass? The, it's a forward pass, right? <laughs> right. I mean, we right now we're at the point as Bears fans where like we will take off our shirts and celebrate a four yard run. Can we get you know four a four yard rush is just going to be, woo baby. And, and you know what, the tongue's in our cheeks a little bit on this one, Bears fans. But you know what, it really we're at the point right now where we have to like these keys to the game can't have too much nuance other than we have to get back to elementary, positive functioning plays on offense. And these are not the kind of things that you that you would expect us to be saying about a five and two football team, but that's really where they're at on the offensive side of the ball. And you know what? I'm just going to throw my, my second key in right now. My second key is just called 18 and over in honor of our, in honor of our election that's coming up uh, this Tuesday for all those that are able to vote for the bears. We need 18 points or more to even have a shot in this game. And I know modern NFL, anyone outside listening to this is like 18 are you kidding me? Well, no, this is as serious as it gets right now for Bears fans and this Bears offense. We need to get to 18 points at least. I'm hoping we get to 20. Dare I say 23? Holy cow. <laughs> Towel me off. Someone called a fire department. This team is out of control. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I think in the last couple of weeks, too, we've had some uh, final score predictions where we're like, you know what? The Bears are going to win 16 to 13. They're going to win ugly. They're going to win that low scoring game. I just don't think that's how it's going to cut it. I mean, this Bears offense uh, defense is talented, but they're not so talented that they can keep a score down that low the whole game while we struggle offensively the way that we have. We have to score at least 18 points. Hopefully we get to 20, and I think that gives us a shot to win. Cameron, what's your second key? My second key to this game is, uh, you know what? You know what's the best offense for the Chicago Bears? I said it last week. I'll say it again. It's defense. The Bears need to score... The Bears need to score points on the defensive side of the ball. And if they're not scoring points, at least having a large impact, if whether that's uh, pinning their ears back and making big plays and, you know, flipping, uh, giving the special teams the opportunity to flip the field, they have to do something. They have to make a large stamp on this game, whether it's scoring points outright or giving the offense opportunities to score easy points because they don't score the hard points. It's just not going to happen. So, uh, you know, we talk about it time and time and time again. The defense is good. The offense is bad. The defense is good. The offense is bad. Eddie Jackson can get in the end zone. Khalil Mack can get sacks. Uh, You know, Kyle Fuller can make big plays. These are the guys that we talk about, about making plays. And those are the guys that need to step up to give this team an opportunity to win. It feels like almost at this point when the offense goes out there right now, it's, can you get us 10 points in the game? Can you get us 10, 13 points? And the rest is just don't screw up. Just don't give the ball to the other team. And we're counting on the defense to get us one touchdown or give us the opportunity at an additional easy score. So that's where I put it is the defense need to score plays and have a huge impact on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Well, how did Alex Brown used to categorize playing on those bears defenses back in the day with Rex Grossman under center? I mean, not, not making comparison to the quarterback, but when they were on those teams, they literally would go up to each other and be like, Hey guys, 
we can't give up any points today. We have to have that mentality. And that sounds like a perfectionist mentality or trying to strive for the impossible. But that was the really the way that they had to kind of wrap their heads around it because they just knew that the offense either wasn't going to show up or wasn't necessarily going to be the reason why they'd win games. They knew that they had to put it on themselves. We're at that point now with this Bears defense where these Saints are coming in and get get ready. You know, there's going to be a Taysom Hill kooky play end around or some sort of pass of some kind. You know, Sean Payton, when he gets cute, he gets dangerous. When Matt Nagy gets cute, <laughs> that's, a, that's a story for another time. You know that type of play is going to happen. This leads into my third key, and I want to really ask you. Now, I know you're a former offensive lineman, but I want to ask you from the mindset of cornerbacks playing against Drew Brees. Drew Brees, he's 40 years old. It's going to be 38 degrees outside. It's going to be super cold. People will say that he's lost arm strength, but I still respect the hell out of the dude. He's one of the, he is the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. So my third key is just, I'm just calling it tackling. I didn't really enjoy the way the bears tackled last week. We talked a little bit about the in-between game and against a team that has drew Brees under center. In your opinion, how would you necessarily go about it? Cause on one side, you're like 40 year old in the cold lack of arm strength. Maybe I can be a little bit more aggressive on these quick, quick little hitch routes and see if I can jump a ball. Or are you respecting Drew Brees and being like, hey, this dude is accurate. He's going to make his completions. I just need to stay fundamentally sound, and I need to wrap up my man. How would you go about it from a cornerback's perspective against Drew Brees at this point in his career? Well, I do have a lot of reps uh, underneath uh, in my under my belt as a cornerback. I was 313 pounds out there running the quickest down. Feet, but the quickest feet, blinding, <laughs> blinding feet. I was running with those wide receivers. You wouldn't believe it. Step for step. No, Fluid I, have no hips. <laughs> I have no idea what it's like to be a quarterback, but given those two options, I'm going to choose the latter. I think that the smart play is to understand that Drew Brees doesn't have necessarily some of that arm strength and the ability to throw the ball downfield. I believe at one point in the season, he was uh, had the shortest air yards attempts uh, this season. So he's not throwing the ball very far downfield. They're not trying to attack guys. They don't have all of those weapons uh, in terms of their downfield threats. So I would say it may be better to be a little bit more cautious to play a little bit uh, more conservatively and to just wrap up and make good plays and keep things in front of you. Um, they're going to have their opportunities. Alvin Kamara is going to get carries. He's going to be able to pop something that's going to happen. Uh, I would say you're probably in a better in a better position to not go out there and to try to make that home run play, but rather to be in a good position and not give anything up, make him try and beat you over the top when his arm doesn't seem to be all that all there. And you know, the, that's been the, the stick about, um, Drew Brees this entire career is that he doesn't like to play outside. He certainly doesn't like to play in the cold. His arm, they keep saying, hey, it's it's not what it used to be. All right, so come up to sh to Chicago to Soldier Field in November, and uh, let's see you throw the ball over the top. See how you can beat us that way. And I'm looking at that matchup as that's the rubber meets the road matchup of the week for me. The Bears defense, I think they are leading the NFL right now with a 58.7 opponent's completion percentage going up against Drew Brees, who's typically always in the low 70s sometimes in that 73, 74 range. So it's just going to be really a game plan and a philosophy of how you want to attack it. And I would personally prefer what you said of, I wouldn't be trying to jump these routes and pick off passes in that five, six yard range. I would try to contain, you know, make it really hard, make him continue to complete passes over and over again and see if he does make those shots. 
and he does have to put a little air under it 20 yards down the field and see if it can come up a little bit short. And then I'm looking at guys like Eddie Jackson to swoop in and possibly make that play and hopefully get that touchdown that you're talking about in your first key. Cameron, exactly. your, th- your third key to a Bears win against the Saints in week eight. We need it. What's it going to be? This guy we beat up on a lot, it seems like, especially for um, manning a five and two ship. And that's Coach Nagy. And we beat him up a lot last week. To put it frankly, I thought that he got his butt kicked uh, in the coaching department, him versus Sean McVay last week. You know, you're, you're someone that's supposed to be an offensive guru. You're an offensive-minded coach. This team has got to find a game plan. They have to find some sort of viable offensive game plan, you know, to put up something. Like I said earlier, my plan, my goal for the Bears offense every week is to score 10 points on their own. Like, that's just not – it's not acceptable by any means. So, you know, after coming out and getting outcoached by Sean McVay, and now you got to turn around and coach arguably maybe the best offensive coach we've ever seen in, uh, in Sean Payton. I mean, that, that's a matchup. That is a big matchup. It's a big deal. And I want to see our coach prove his worth, uh, you know, earn, earn this reputation, earn his, his, whatever his pay, I guess, if you will, and, and come up with a viable game plan to get this offense back on track. I'm not going to come out here and say, Hey, we got to rush for 150 yards. Cause we know that's out the window. We got to, this team's got to throw for 300 yards. Cause again, that's not really who they are, but a viable option, a viable combination of the two, they have to be able to just put some points on the board and, and go maybe not tick for tack with the saints offense, but you know, can we put something up there enough that we are, that we have a shot at the end of this game? Cause we're five and two, we're supposed to be a legitimate team, but if you can't score points, you're not going to be in that conversation. So I think you got to get back on track. And I put that on Matt Nagy in the offensive coaching staff. I completely agree. And what I think you're asking for is not for Matt Nagy to go out there and out coach Sean Payton. I think it's to go out there and be competitive and compete with him in the schematic sense of the football game on Sunday. You know, Sean McVay, I do not think our offensive play calling was competitive in contrast to what Sean McVay was trying to do. And if you fast forward to last year, too, as well, it's hard for Bears fans to remember, but this is when the ceiling really started falling in was when the Saints literally just kicked our ass up and down the field all game last season. And in that one as well, that was another game where I felt like Sean Payton thoroughly outcoached Matt Nagy. I'm not saying it's going to have to be who's going to win that battle. I think we're just asking for our head coach to be competitive in that area. Give ourselves a chance. Let the talent on the field decide the game instead of maybe us scratching our head and being frustrated at some play calls that aren't and are not working and the rhythm and all this. And and Nick Foles, is he getting the plays and the plays that he's getting? Can he execute them? And all this other narrative nonsense going on with our head coach. And look, I, I know that we beat up on him last week, and I personally, as we also mentioned in that pod, I like Matt Nagy. I want him to be successful, and I think that he's a great leader of our team. I think we're starting to really look at Matt Nagy, the play caller, and that's the guy who's deserving the criticism, and I think that's the dude that I hope shows up in week eight because we're definitely going to need him. He's got to. He absolutely has to. I mean, this team, we're really reaching the point here where it's kind of make or break time. You know, it may not be make or break time from a record standpoint. You know, you're five and two. You still look like you're in a good position to make the playoffs and all these sorts of things. But if this offense doesn't turn around, if this offense continues to be in the bottom five or six teams in the league in every category, I mean, then we're going to have some serious questions. And it can't all be hit on him. Some of it's schematic, some of it's play call, some of it is roster construction and there are things that are beyond his control sometimes it's just the players aren't right or the players don't execute or whatever it may be 
But ultimately, as the man in charge, you are responsible for everything. And this product that's being put on the field has just been really disappointing through seven weeks. So get it right now. I mean, get it right. And I mean, now's the time. Nick Foles, stat line and Bears final score right around the bend. But first, I just want to ask you, if Allen Robinson cannot play in this game, who are you looking at to step up on offense? Who do you think? I'm not saying fill his shoes, but who do you think could probably get the predominant lion's share of the targets? And a side note, if Allen Robinson doesn't play in this game and Ted Ginn suits up and Riley Ridley doesn't, I'm going to kind of be upset. <laughs> I mean, I, get it. No, I mean, time to see what he's got, right? The dude's got size, pretty decent frame. They were kind of lauding him in the preseason. I'm sorry, through training camp about getting a little bit better at route running, understanding the nuances of the position. Time to Have give the guy a chance. All? No, he's Has not he, active. Uh, it's been Javon he's not been Wims. active once. Yeah, Javon Wims and Ted Ginn have been taking that spot every single time. And if Allen Robinson doesn't play, I just really hope they activate the kid. I'm not saying that he's going to turn into some X factor and catch six passes for 100 yards. But I'm just saying, let's get the guy on the field and just let's see what we got. Who do you think also needs to really step up on this offense if we don't have A-Rob? I mean, I think the obvious one's Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller is the guy that after a couple of weeks, we kind of thought, hey, maybe this guy could. It seemed like the, the the Bears were holding out hope for the idea that Anthony Miller might be the number one wide receiver of the future, and they don't have to pay A-Rob. Have we seen that guy? Where has that guy been? I mean, non-existent, right? So that's the guy. I mean, if, if we're going to be completely honest, I mean, we could keep leaning on Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney, like, that's great. And I think anything that you get from Darnell Mooney right now at this point is just extra. It's just, you know, that's just a little icing on the cake. We're happy to have it, but it's Anthony Miller's job is, is to be the the next guy. So I want to see more of him. I want to see the bears get the ball to more Cole Komet. I made that point very clear. This is a defense that is susceptible to, to tight end play. We got to see more Cole Komet. We got to see less Demetrius Harris. We want to see Anthony Miller exist. You stole Cole Komet right from me. I was gonna, I was gonna say Cole Komet. And in terms of Darnell Mooney, there is this kind of factor that I think of where you don't want to have Darnell Mooney be a leanable offensive player in your team. It seems like the one you want to hit Mooney is when you want to hit those big time plays. You want to catch the defense a little bit by surprise. You want to use his speed to surprise them, and to have a whole team keying on him because you're throwing him target after target. I think it does our offense a bit of disservice. Yeah, Darnell Mooney, if, if he's the type of guy that if if the defense is immediately keyed on him and hyped up and ready to stop Darnell Mooney, then you kind of lose the the spark that is Darnell Mooney. We want him to fly under the radar. We want him to be the third or fourth guy that we think of in the Bears passing attack. He hasn't been that thus far. He's been closer to the second or third guy. So, But in an ideal situation, yeah, we want him to kind of fly under the radar. And it's like, oh, no, Darnell Mooney's on the field and he just – you know, blew by us in our secondary and made that big play. And I'm looking at Cole Komet because something that I would really love to see, and we're talking about all these players right now, is I would love to see maybe, you know, Darnell Mooney by himself on one side of the ball. And then I would love to see maybe like a trip, a trip or a bunch set of wide receivers with like a Komet, a Javon Wims and an Anthony Miller, where you've got a Javon Wims who can maybe set a block. You got Anthony Miller. You can get the ball into his hands right away. Or you could have those guys cut slant in and run Cole Komet on a wheel route or something. And just kind of play around with that a little bit and see if you can utilize their different talents to spring each other open. And I'm kind of looking at Cole Komet because I do think maybe more two tight end sets. I don't think that I, I'm with you. I would love to see more explosive plays, but I do see 
us having to make incremental progress about just moving the chains and working a little bit of that inside the numbers passing game that Nick Foles likes to do. So, you know, I see a lot of eight yards for Jimmy Graham, second and two. You know what I mean? I see a lot of that coming. And I think that's where Cole Komet can certainly help out. None of these guys are replacing Allen Robinson, but you just got to do it in a different way. And hopefully that the Bears can do it. It's time, Cameron. Give me your final stat line for Nick Foles in week eight against the Saints. I think Nick Foles is going to have a good game. I don't think it's going to be uh, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson type numbers, but he'll have a good game. I got him at 261 yards passing, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. I'm very close. I was at 243, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, two touchdowns just based on the past history of what the Saints have been allowing to quarterbacks all season long. If you look at the rushing numbers in the red zone, they are dynamite against the rushing attack, the Saints defense, that is. So you're going to have to throw the ball into the end zone. You know, they've given up a lot of tight end. We weren't going to run it anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. No Trey Burton. No Trey Burton flip pass. No, keep, no Trey Burton. We're not going to see. Uh, oh, Bradley Soul, you're triggered. Not Bradley Soul in the end zone. Oh, my gosh. Let's let's just go ahead and save the listeners time. We don't need to do this whole thing about how the Bears won't be able to run the ball against this defense. They we know. We're good. It's just not going to happen. I see them, you know, six tight end touchdowns. The Saints have given up this season. I think he gets two touchdowns in this game, 243 yards. And I just like the zero interceptions because I think he's thrown a pick in each of his last three games right now. You got to you got to shut that streak down a little bit. Sooner or later, you got to shut that down and uh, take care of business and take care of the rock a little bit better. You're a veteran quarterback for crying out loud. Cameron, it's time. Give us your final score. Both of us are five and two on our picks this season. We're all tied up just like the Bears record. What do you got? Bears winning this week or what? So you had it at the Bears have to score 18 points to win. Yes, 18 and over. I, I have them getting stuck at 17. I have this as Saints 27, Bears 17. Look, these next two games we talked about in the last pod, we have to split these games. And I personally am more terrified of this current iteration of this Titans team that we're going to face next week. And if I'm going to stick to my my Bears thought process of splitting these next two games, I'm going Bears 23, Saints 17. They pick up a win. They get a fourth quarter touchdown that puts them ahead. We hold our defense holds up and we want a cold one out there. Maybe Drew Brees fumbles the ball, walks off the field disheveled, shaken. But I'm going with the Bears win one more week because honestly, after this, it's going to get real dicey because they need to. Absolutely. If they get to six and two, you quiet, you quiet the doubters, at least in town, not nationally, but you quiet the doubters in town. You prepare yourself for a competitive effort against the Titans. I think that matchup is really, really tough, especially with where our injury history is. We're finally getting some injuries now on the offensive side of the ball. You know, Derrick Henry, the speed of A.J. Brown, John New Smith's like a top five tight end in fantasy right now. They run a, a, a clean, disciplined outfit. And I hopefully the Bears can you know, eliminate some of the penalties this week, play a little bit better. I still think it's going to be a little bit ugly, but wins are wins. I think the Bears sneak out a win because I don't like what's coming the week after against the Titans. You think the Bears win this week because you don't like what would happen when they play the Titans? Yes, correct. <laughs> i'll go ahead and tell the team <laughs> yeah yeah phone it in for me will you? let me know either way either way hopefully we just get a better offensive effort at home on the lakefront it's gonna be cold it's gonna be that bears weather cameron tell me do you like bears weather when you play football you know i went out there in uh one game at soldier field I was never like a tough guy throughout my entire collegiate career. I was like, a, I was all sleeved up, all this stuff. 
I played a game on Christmas Eve at Soldier Field in the middle of a snowstorm. It was my first time dressing. And just like the Chicago Bear way went out there, just no sleeves, just like looking like the toughest guy See I possibly the pictures. could. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? Yeah, I do like a little, I like a little Chicago Bears weather. Give me some of that. What happens at some point? Like, does it even sting anymore? Or is it all just that dull, that dull coldness? Adrenaline, man. You don't feel anything. You're just like, I'm just, I'm cold and I'm, my body's like, like a frozen solid. And you could do anything to me at that moment. I was just so, so much adrenaline. It's, it's an unreal feeling. I'll tell you this much. I've played in New Orleans and I've played in Chicago. And I think it's just because I'm an Illinois boy. The temperature up here, significantly better. I can deal with this. I almost had a heat stroke in New Orleans. So I just want to be the guy. I want a bucket list where I take off a football helmet and just steam rises up from my head. I want to do that once. That's a bucket Been list there. thing. Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> You're Bears. Good. Bears versus Saints, week eight at Soldier Field. It's going to be a cold one, Bears fans, so make sure you bundle up and watch it from your couch. We're going to see what happens. This was Believe in Bears. Cameron, hopefully the Bears can come out with a victory in week eight, but otherwise take us home on another great pod. You've been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you tune into our post-game recap on Sunday evening or check it out on your drive to work Monday morning. Make sure you like, subscribe, share all of this fun stuff, this fun content with all your friends. And remember to always bear down. You have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.